I suppose each Christmas you kind of think about those Christmases that have gone before and we've been thinking about those ones when our kids were younger and how we were waking up at ridiculous hours of the morning. We'd, we'd stayed up wrapping presents late into the evening and then you're up again at five o'clock in the morning unwrapping them again. I remember one Christmas when our oldest daughter was only about six or seven and uh, we're out wrapping Christmas presents. The kids and I were out wrapping Christmas presents in this back room that we had in our house. And I'd bought Debbie a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. I know what you're thinking, yes, what a thoughtful, romantic guy I am. Uh, we were wrapping it in this back room and Deb came and knocked on the door. And Lauren raced over to the door and said, you can't come in, Mum, you can't come in. We're wrapping your Christmas present and if you come in, then you'll see that it's a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Which was helpful information for Deb to have at that particular point. But joy is certainly one of the things that goes with Christmas. Uh, one of the great things about Christmas. But it seems to me that every year there's another thing that also seems to get associated with Christmas. Um, it's the Christmas rip-offs, the, the fake things leading up to Christmas. I don't know if you've seen the news this year. Uh, it, consumer Affairs always do a story. They always invite the media and they show you all of the toys that they've confiscated from shops, toys that are fake toys or toys that are dangerous toys. This year, uh, there have been more than a thousand toys removed from shops, not individual toys, but a thousand types of toys removed from shops because they've been considered dangerous. And this is the part that really breaks me up. Peppa Pig has <laughs> been at the heart of it as well. People are faking Peppa Pig. It's just horrifying. And Thomas the Tank Engine, that was the other thing. And, and the toys are considered to be dangerous because of the materials that they've made from or, or the small parts that they have. Every year we hear these stories about the Christmas fakes and the Christmas rip-offs. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as uh, just bad advertising. They show you this fantastic glossy picture of what the thing looks like, but when you get to the store, it doesn't look anything like that, and it's way smaller than you had imagined it to be. It's sad, isn't it, that people will use Christmas as an opportunity to rip off other people, to cheat other people. But I sometimes wonder if people might feel the same about that very first Christmas, that in some ways it was a bit of a rip-off as well. I mean, let's face it, the advertising that very first Christmas was promising some pretty big things. Uh, you can read it up there on the screen, big red letters, peace on earth. That was what the angel said, wasn't it? That was the message that they came out with. And you'll see that on Christmas cards all over the place. You'll see that on Christmas banners all over, over the place. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. We haven't heard it in the passage. That's where it comes from, Luke chapter 2. You've got that passage there in front of you. Let me read part of it again for you, starting at verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favour rests. Where is the peace? Seems rather ironic that the very place at which the angels were announcing peace on earth is probably one of the parts of the world that has seen more war than any other part of the world. It's a turbulent part of the world, the Middle East. 
It has been for thousands of years. I mean, where those angels stood and said, peace on earth, well, that part of the world had been controlled by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, and at the time that they made this announcement, it was under the grip of the Romans. And it's still war-torn today. There's war in Syria and Iraq and Lebanon and Israel. There's a website that shows the statistics about war in the world today. They say that around our world today, there are 65 countries who are at war at the moment. Maybe civil wars or wars with other countries, but 65 countries in our world today are at war. And among those 65 countries, there are 700 military groups, militias, guerrillas, separatist groups who are involved in those wars. And in the Middle East, where the angels said, peace on earth, there are eight countries that are at war. Just in that tiny part of the world, there are eight countries who are declared to be at war at this point in time. And involved in those wars are 228 military groups, militias, guerrilla groups, separatist groups who are fighting either each other or fighting against the government. I'm sure people love the idea of peace on earth and they'd love to think that that was in their future, especially in the Middle East. But the birth of Jesus wasn't simply about the absence of war. That's not the peace that Jesus came to bring. You hear all those heartwarming stories from the First World War about what happened on the Western Front. Uh, On the Christmas Eve in 1914, the British and German troops who were fighting on the Western Front decided to call their own ceasefire. Uh, It didn't come from higher up, it actually came from the troops that were fighting there on those lines, in those trenches. And they came out of their trenches and they sang Christmas carols and they exchanged gifts They even played a game of football in this no-man's land, in the space between the trenches, exchanging gifts, singing carols. There was a prisoner exchange that took place. There were joint burial ceremonies that took place. But do you know what happened the next day? They're back at war. They're back shooting at each other, attempting to kill each other. So the birth of Jesus wasn't about a temporary ceasefire, The peace that the angels talked about isn't simply the absence of war. They're talking about the peace that God had promised so many times in the pages of the Old Testament. God said that he would bring peace. Said it through the prophet Isaiah. Said this about the child that would be born. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And said the same thing through the prophet Zechariah. So your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will proclaim peace to the nations. Even that passage gives you a bit of a clue about where the peace comes from, doesn't it? Remember how Jesus arrived in Jerusalem? You remember how he turned up there to face the cross? Riding on that donkey. Jesus' greatest achievement in his life, the most significant thing that he would do in his life, the way that he would bring peace, 
was by dying on the cross. And it's in that message that peace is found. What the angels promised wasn't the absence of war or hostility. They promised peace with God. And what they promised wasn't a temporary ceasefire. They promised true, eternal peace. Real peace. Lasting peace. Peace with God. We have two public holidays in Australia where we celebrate birthdays. We have today, Christmas Day, where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But in the middle of the year, we also have one where we celebrate the Queen's birthday. It's funny, isn't it? You wouldn't expect people to celebrate the Queen's birthday weekend by taking around pictures of the Queen when she was born or the delivery room where she was actually born, the way that we do with the story of Jesus. I mean, we want to show the barn. We want to show the place where Jesus was born. We don't really have any interest in where the Queen was born. We don't even know where she was born. When we celebrate the Queen's birthday or or when they celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday in the United States, they're not remembering that those people were born. They're remembering that those people lived and they're remembering what those people achieved in their life. Christmas is celebrated not simply because Jesus was born, but we celebrate because of what Jesus did. We remember that he came to make it possible for us to have peace with God, to be reconciled to God. The peace that Jesus brings didn't come simply because he was born. It came because he died on the cross. This is what Paul says to the Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That's the Christmas message. Peace on earth. Peace with God. Relationship with God restored. Man and God reconciled through Jesus. I'm sure you've uh, unwrapped a few of your Christmas presents this morning and I'm sure that they've been great ones and I certainly hope that you may have a few more that you can unwrap before the end of the day. But make sure that at the heart of your Christmas is a celebration giving thanks to God for his incredible gift to us in his son Jesus, to thank him for the peace that we have through Jesus.